The divisional previews continue to roll out the door in preparation for fantasy hockey draft season. And on the Wednesday episode of the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast, we are taking a deep dive into the Central Division, risers, fallers, and how everyone finishes. Thank you for joining us for this hump day edition. Let's tap in and get this paper. You're locked on fantasy hockey, your daily podcast on fantasy hockey. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back inside the lab, everybody, to your source for offseason fantasy hockey news. The Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast joined, as always, by my esteemed and distinguished co-host, Mr. Steele Roden. And on this side of the microphone, it's your boy, Big Flip Livingstone. And thank you for making us your first listen every single day, even throughout these dog days of the offseason. People, we see you and we appreciate you. Continue to drop us that five-star review and smash that subscribe button. Steele, today we're going to get to the central. And you and I spoke off air. I think we're going to have some differing of opinions on how things shake out in this year's Central Division. But you said it the other day, and kudos to you. Pacific Division, I think, out of all of them, which we did on last episode, you can check it out on the channel if you missed it, was the easiest one to predict because now things are getting a little bit topsy-turvy. So I want to see what's going to go on in your mind. We'll break it all down, eight through one, risers and faders in the fantasy realm, some guys on the come up, some guys to potentially fade in the draft. And I know you want to drop a few nuggets about this listener league because polls are out today, people. Head out to our Twitter, make sure you're voting, and make sure that you have followed, liked, and subscribed to the pod because that's how you get into the draft. Draft, Steel, I hope I covered everything there because I'm hyped for this Wednesday episode. Yeah, very, very excited. You did cover a lot of things there. Getting into the Central Division, we talked about the Pacific, so if you missed that episode, go back, watch it on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate Mm -hmm. all that love and support. Before we get into the Central Division standings, early, early predictions, like Flip said, we got some more details for the Listener League. Two separate leagues, competitive and casual. We've got over 35 people so far interested in the Fantasy League. We only have... 14 to 16 spots per per league. So again, make max. sure you're DMing us. Yeah, 16 max, uh, 16 max per mm-hmm. league uh, is what we're aiming for, just so it doesn't get a little too hectic. But again, if yeah. you want to be a part of it, DM us privately on Twitter. We'll get your information. We'll put you down on the list for whatever, for whichever league you want to be be a part of, casual or competitive. And again, tune in to our Twitter feed to get uh to get uh insight on those polls if you want to have an input and a little bit of a say on what the format, what the settings and what uh, platform we will be using this upcoming season. So again, make sure you're tuning in every single day and looking for those polls. If you want some input. 100%. And it's just getting so close deal. I sound like a broken record on here because (laughs) I'm just so hyped up to get this puck drop on this upcoming season. I think we're going to see, a little, we've talked about this. I think we're going to start to really see the changing of the guard across the NHL, right? The Penguins yeah. are making a last-ditch effort. Are the Washington Capitals going to start to fade? Ovi and Sid are now maybe going to start to step back and let the new young stars of the NHL take shape here. And they, that means fantasy landscape change as well. And actually, that's a nice segue into the Chicago Blackhawks because things are changing in Chicago. And 
I have them at eighth because they're just yeah. not going to be there yet. There's no goaltending. There's a lot of holes in the bottom six. There is no blue line aside from, you know, a couple of pieces and maybe, you know, Seth Jones, obviously, I really like. I like that they yeah. brought in some veterans. They bring in Corey Perry, and I believe they brought in Nick Felino as well to maybe yes, free up some space for some of those top pieces. So that's my take right off the bat. Chicago Blackhawks, 64 points. They finish in the basement, but I think, still. The top of this division, the top four teams are clearly the toast of this division, in my opinion. Yeah. But I think this division is going to be a lot more wide open than people expect. And I think that means some of these teams up the list, cough, cough, Arizona Coyotes, <laughs> might take a little bit of a step forward this year. So that's what I think about the Blackhawks. Very quickly, risers, obviously it's got to be Bedard. And my boy Lucas Reichel. And let me get yes, my sir. point off about Reichel. Back-to-back 50-point seasons in the AHL and in 23 NHL games, 15 points. And you know he's going to be getting a real look on that right side with Connor Bedard. So I'm taking a look at him and I'm fading Andreas Athanasiu. I think he's more of a name now than ever. Peripherals aren't there. 20 goals, 20 assists, man. But now he's getting pushed down that lineup. So I'm going to be staying away from him this upcoming draft. Yeah, you know, there's pretty pretty much besides that top line, you can't, none of these players are draftable. Goalies are not draftable. Maybe the only blue liner is Seth Jones, but everyone mm-hmm. on that top line, Taylor Hall, Connor Bedard, and your boy Lucas Reichel are probably the only three guys that you can target on the forward group in this Chicago Blackhawks lineup. I'm not going to yeah. go in depth with this. I've got Chicago no. in last place as well, eighth in the Central Division. I have them finishing mm-hmm. with 63 points, somewhere there around go. there couple points uh give or take but mm-hmm. i have them in last place again we won't go too far into that and no who my, you got my in seventh yeah my riser is again oh my bad your as well. yeah yeah my it. riser i'm again not going in depth with it but <laughs> i'm with you on lucas reichel i think playing with Connor bedard and taylor hall is going to do a lot for him and obviously like you Me said uh, on the farm team he's doing great things down there so getting yep. some more time up in the nhl is going to be great for him at number seven I have the St. Louis Blues. I have them at seven. I have them finishing with 75 points on the season, maybe a little bit more. Um, But again, looking at what Arizona and a few other teams in the Central have done so far, Mm -hmm. I like like Arizona more than the St. Louis Blues uh, this upcoming season. I'm just going to get the daily face-off lineups going. Again, like top six forward group. You've got some some gems there. Jordan Kyrou, Robert Thomas, Braden Shen. I'm a little bit wary of Brandon Saad's age. I'm a little bit wary yep. of Kasperi Kapanen and what he yes. brings to the top six group. Again, that guy cannot hit the net for if his life depended on it. This guy shoots mm. it above the crossbar, seems like, every single time. You know, you've, we've talked a lot about Jakob Vrana and what he brings to the table when he's healthy mm-hmm. because he is a little bit of a sharpshooter. He can get yes. the puck in the back of the net when he's healthy, but can we have? can we put a little faith in him? Can we rely on him to stay healthy and be in the lineup 24-7 or you know, 82 mark. games? big question mark for me uh the blue line i don't think there's a lot of offense that comes with the blue line here it's a more defensive obviously defensive defenseman group mm-hmm. there uh mm-hmm. tory krug even with him like he doesn't bring that much offensively now uh um, no. than what he did with the boston bruins and i've lost complete faith in jordan bennington he's just i know you uh, have. He's, he's got a lot of things going on between the ears right now and and, and not not in a good way. Uh, there's to me that you know the confidence is very shaky. He gets rattled mm-hmm. super easily. Mm-hmm. I just had the St. Louis Blues in seventh, finishing seventy five points. St. Louis Blues, in my opinion, even regress further than that. Steel. I think they're down maybe around the seventy point plateau, maybe even less because. I just don't like what's going on in the forward mix. I don't like what's going on on the blue line. And you mentioned my fader. 
Tory Krug has missed yeah. 69 regular season games over the last four and a half seasons. This guy has been the definition of banged up. Sure, when he's in there, he brings some offensive value. But I think the 40-point pace that he's put up with regularity, I'm a little bit worried. And actually, I just dropped him off my keeper team. He was one of my last keeper cuts. He was not a keeper for me. So yeah. out there in the dynasty realm, that's a little bit of a tip for you guys. I'm just not feeling it. I think there's a lot better options out there in terms of what he can put up. And his inconsistency in terms of his defensive play is what's making me worried the most because I think his time on ice is going to get start to claw back because yeah. of how poor he's performed defensively. Just too much risk with a guy in Krug, my riser. And this was a tough one, Steele, because there aren't a ton of good situations that I really like here. I wanted to actually maybe mention Buchnevich, but he's too much of a risk. I think Jordan Cairo has all the ability to put up even more points than what he has done. I think last year he was around the high end 70s, maybe almost 80 points. I or no, that's not right. Early, uh, early 70s. I think he was around yeah. 70 points. I could see 80, 85 points from him. So I know it's not like a bold prediction to say he's on the rise. I just think he's the most attractive piece on this team, obviously. And I'd be going at Cairo more than any others. And then, of course, your boy Robert Thomas, and then down the list. Uh, Bushnevich and Shen, but I think the Blues struggle this year, Steele, and I think a lot of it does have to do with that back end because the forward group might be, you know, maybe above average. Jordan Bennington's a mess. The blue line's a mess, and I say they finish in seventh. Or if you're okay, let's go to break. We'll come back. We'll run six through one. I want to talk about the Arizona Coyotes. I know I got to get some heat from you about my Minnesota Wild prediction, but you <laughs> might as well be getting wild and making some money with our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet five bucks and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who wager $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. That is a steal, steal. You need to be jumping on that, people. That was the best time to join FanDuel. The app is super easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to props and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you don't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And thank you so much for making the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast your first listen every single day. We are a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where you can find your favorite team from all four major sports leagues, including the NCAA, your team, every single day on Locked On Podcast Network. We appreciate all that love and support out there. Continue to hit that subscribe, the follow button, leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform. And again, Continue to DM us on Twitter privately with your information so we can put you down on either of the casual or competitive leagues leagues that Flip and I are running this year on the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We appreciate yeah. everyone that's DM'd us so far. Again, we've got over 35 entries right now on our list. We're going to be doing the draw mid-September, I believe, Flip. So again, continue to yep. check on Twitter for our polls if you want a say or some input on what goes on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Flip, going down... From five through three, five Uh-oh. through four, or six, six through four, six through, excuse yeah. me, six through four. And I believe we have the same list so far. I've got yep. the Arizona Coyotes here at yes. number six. I have them yes. finishing with 80 points on the season. Me too. I, again, I have them continuing to get better and better every mm-hmm. single year. And I just mm-hmm. love, again, uh, some of the additions they made, some of the young guys they've brought up. Uh, and the, I'm really expecting to glow 
this upcoming season. Mm. So I have them in sixth. I have them finishing with 80 points. My riser, and I've talked about him a little bit, is Barrett Hayden. I think this guy is right there on the cusp of like making a, a really, really good season. He's the first-line centerman between Clayton Keller and Nick Schmaltz. He had a pretty terrific year last year, played 82 mm. games, play, played mm. the full season, almost 20 goals. He had 43 points, 180 shots, 83 hits, and 33 blocks. So the peripheral stats are great. He's up to over 17 and a half minutes of ice time. I could see that getting to 18, maybe even 18 mm -hmm. and a half this upcoming season. But as a young guy who, you know, did really well for Team Canada and the juniors or, you know, uh, yeah, under 20 uh, and everything, he's, he's 23 years old. This guy, again, is on the cusp of being one of those stars for the Arizona Coyotes right there with Nick Schmaltz and uh, Clayton Keller. I agree, Steele. And this has got a lineup full of guys that I really wanted to yeah. put on the rise. I think there was a whole bunch of different dudes that I could have probably put on this list. <laughs> and to me, that just means there's fantasy value to be had here. There's a lot. That's where I'm really, really looking at this. And we're going to focus in on some situations where you can pounce as a GM, where some other GMs might be overlooking. Sean Dersey, on the rise for me. J.J. Moser, yeah. on the rise for me. Jack McBain, on the rise. Dylan Genther, Logan Cooley, Michelle, Barrett Hayton, Clayton Keller is well, even though I know his name is out there now and is known. And lastly, my number one riser on this team, Nick Schmaltz. And I know you like this one, Steele. And let me hit yeah. you with this stat. Over the past two seasons, and I wrote this bad boy down, Nick Schmaltz has averaged almost a point per game, tied for 53rd in the NHL, 96 wow. of his 117 points over that period, Steel coming at five on five because this team struggles a little bit on the power play. So if they can get that special teams going and this guy gets some real good looks to put up some points with the man advantage, I think his numbers continue to go up. I think his value continues to go up. The other thing I like about Nick Schmaltz, and this is what I had down last year, he has that dual position eligibility. A lot of leagues saw him in the middle because he can play up the middle. He can play on the wing. He's one of those guys that is a Swiss army knife and he brings a lot of value. He was banged up a little bit. I love Nick Schmaltz on the rise. I have the Arizona Coyotes in the exact same spot. 79 points for me, steal in sixth. I think they're going to be a much better team like the duo in net as well. Yeah. And I'm fading Jason Zucker. Jason Zucker had a really good year last year. 197 hits, 48 points. But the seasons before that, 42 points, 41 points. He's in that realm of maybe, you know, he's fine right up until that 40-point plateau steal. But I don't know. I think here he's going to have to play a little bit more of a veteran role. He's not playing with those yeah. really star studs offensively up front in Pittsburgh. I think he had a really, really good year last year. And there might be some GMs looking at that point total and taking a risk on him at the end of the draft. Whereas I'd rather take a risk on guys like Lucas Reichel and others in that kind of position of the draft and take my risk with some young names and some really, really good positions. Absolutely agree. I think Jason Zucker just brings that veteran experience, that mentorship yeah. for these young guys here. You can't really not taking away from much. him either. His yeah, you can't take too much away from him. There fantasy. is some value. Yeah, no, no fantasy or not, not a ton of fantasy not enough. value, should we put? Yeah, not enough. Thank you, Flip, for those correct words there. I'm, I'm getting trying. mixed up a little bit. I'm trying. But yeah, Jason, I agree with you on that take. Uh, as well and uh we'll, we'll move forward to number five on the yeah. list this is maybe where we start to get a little bit uh separate we start to separate just a tad i have the winnipeg jets here at number five i have them at 85 finishing with 85 points fifth place in the central division again i just think with everything that's gone on 
in the dressing room, in, in the mm. locker room, on the bench with the mm. players, taking the mm. captain for Blake Wheeler, and he goes to New York Rangers now. You know, mm. Connor Hellebuck's been on the trade block. It seems like he doesn't want to be in Winnipeg any longer as well. Uh, for me, that, again, just brings the big question mark. What does Gabe Velarde, uh, Gabe Velarde and Alex Ayafalo bring to a, a Winnipeg Jets team? I know Gabe said that he wants to be there. He likes being there. Uh, he's very excited for this upcoming season. But I, I just think there is a there's an attitude problem in the dressing room. So I think they're just going to be the exact same team. They're not bad. They're not good. Mm. They're right in the middle for me. Okay. They, they finish in fifth place with 85 points on the rise for me. I'm going to go with your boy, Cole Perfetti. You have to, and I know you're going to like that. That's why yeah. I'm saying it right now, but he, <laughs> uh, he has a lot of upside to him. I'm just wondering again, playing with Velarde and I follow, will that be helpful or will that be uh, a demise? If he plays with upside? them. If, if he, he played plays. with them. I don't think he'll be on that top line, though. It's Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley, and Nikolai Ehlers. I think that's their number one line there. So Cole Perfetti's probably going to be second line left wing for me. On mm. a player to fade, though, uh, and not to fade too much because he's still a draftable player, but I'm going to go with Josh Morrissey. Uh, Josh Morrissey, I don't see him putting close to 76 points up again. No. Uh, he's never done. No. He's never gotten over 40 points in his career before this past season, 16 yeah. goals, 60 assists. I think it was just one of those seasons where Me again, too. he's a great defenseman. He's bringing that offensive side of things now for the Winnipeg jets, but I just mm -hmm. don't think he gets close to 76. I could see him at no. 55, 60 points. That would be a great place for uh, Josh Morrissey right now. And he's still very draftable and still very yes. valuable, but we're talking about fading and rising. And I wholeheartedly agree with you on the Morrissey take. He is right here on my fade list. I kind of wanted to talk about Nino Niederreiter as a fade because they did yeah. bring in so many pieces and he is so good at fluctuating up and down the lineup that I think they want him down here. But I don't want to go there because he's in a contract year and guys in contract years nearing this time of their career tend to really put up. And that's why I actually have this team much higher on this list deal. And I'll leave my Winnipeg takes for that because I think they're good ones. And I don't actually think you're far off the mark here because there has been a lot. We're been unable to put our finger on with this Winnipeg Jets team. And there yeah. has been off ice issues. We know that dressing room has been a little bit of a powder keg. But I think with Wheeler moving out and some of these pieces now in here that and Pierre-Luc Dubois poison is out. I think now they're in reset mode and I just have a little bit more of expectation. And I'll explain that after the break when I talk about the Jets in a much higher position. Yeah, the National Predators moved out a lot of veteran pieces and I like a lot of them, Steele. I like a lot of the moves, and I like a lot of these young pieces in Nashville. And UC Soros is one of the best goalies in the business, for sure a top eight or top seven draftable goaltender, most definitely. But the National Predators are going to be in tough to score goals this year. And they bring in Ryan O'Reilly, and they bring in, you know, they bring in some veteran presence on the back end in Luke Shen. I like those moves. But actually, my riser is, uh, is Novak. Tommy Novak and Cody Glass up the middle. Cody yep. Glass is a guy that I also am very near and dear to my heart. It was my first professional interview with Cody. You know I got my eyes all over Cody Glass. He was an absolute gazelle stud at all levels of his junior career, and he hasn't even scraped the surface of his ability. So in the Keeper Dynasty realm, I'm loving Novak and Glass. I'm loving both of them on the rise, but I think the Preds struggle this year. And I think Ryan O'Reilly, for the first time in his career, now absolutely has to be. Yeah, he's been the leader. Yeah, he's been the off-ice presence. 
He's got to be the number one center again. And now he's getting up there in age. The guys around him don't have as much value as they did in Toronto. And I think I'm a little bit worried about his overall output. So I'm going to fade O'Reilly in the draft a little bit this year because I think he's still there. The peripherals are okay. He's still a quality NHLer. That's not what I'm trying to say here. The National Predators did well to bring him in. Yeah. Fantasy value-wise, I'm fading him no steal. And let's get to the four spot very quickly before we get to break. Who you got in the four slot? Yeah, number four, we'll do, this, we'll do this real quick. I've got the Nashville Predators here. I have them finishing exactly what they finished last year in points, 92 mm. points at the end of the season. And I can't disagree a lot with you with what you just said. You know, Thank bringing, you. Uh, t- you know, old, you know, they trade Johansson, they get rid of Duchesne, they bring in a couple of vets and O'Reilly and Nyquist. I'm not sure about Nyquist and how much he brings to the fantasy realm of right. things. But I still really like this Nashville team. I still love Philip Forsberg. Like you said, Cody Glass and Tom- Thomas Novak. My riser is going to be Yuso Parsonen. I really liked what I saw from him last year, but he was on the top line. We're going bouncing back and forth from the top top two lines. So now that he's on the third... We could see a little bit of a lineup change up throughout the season, but he's I got like some hands Parson. on him. He does have some hands, some quick hands from in tight and can really roof that puck up uh, from those tight areas. So I like you so Parson on mm-hmm. the rise uh, for fading again. I'll probably go, uh, you know, maybe Ryan O'Reilly, maybe Philip Forsberg takes a hit, but I'm still going to mm-hmm. draft a guy like Philip Forsberg at the right spot and in, in the right round. But I really do like this Nashville team. I said it last year. I like the defensive group. I even I like the defensive group even more this upcoming season. I'm a huge fan of Luke Shen and what he brings okay. to the back end later in the draft. Uh, yeah. Ryan McDonough and Tyson Berry, uh, Dante mm-hmm. Fabro and Alex, Alexander Carrier as well as, of course, led by Roman Yossi on the top end. I just think this team struggled a lot scoring uh, offensively last year. Again, that could be a problem uh, as well this upcoming season. But I really do believe that Uso, U, uh, UC Soros is going to be a lot better than what we saw last year as well. He's going to be standing mm-hmm. on his head. The defensive group in front of him is going to be a lot better, I, I believe. So I have them ahead of the Winnipeg Jets, and they're in the fourth spot with 92 points. The Nashville Predators are going to be getting a lot of my money in games where I'm taking the under when I'm betting on things <laughs> because they only managed to score more goals than four teams. Those four teams steal Flyers, Blue Jackets, Ducks, and Blackhawks. After that, this team has been straight hot garbo offensively, and arguably, they lost some offensive teeth. So I think everything you're saying about the defensive end totally adds up, but they're going to have to be in a lot of grinding one-goal games where Saros stands on his head, and the defense really stands up in front of him, and very quickly, in the number four slot, and here is where we're going to get spicy, my friends. (laughs) It's the Minnesota Wild Steel, and I mentioned this clearly in my opinion, that the top four teams... And I have the Winnipeg Jets as the third spot, and I'll explain it in a sec. The top four teams for me are a toast above. So National Predators, they're just not there. But these top four teams, in my opinion, are playoff threats. So I just want to be clear about that because these predictions can get very subjective. But the main point here is Minnesota Wild, Winnipeg Jets, Colorado Avalanche, and Dallas Stars are still, in my opinion, going to shake out the top four spots risers for the Minnesota Wild. It's got to be Matt Boldy. I came on here and said it was one of the most exciting players that I have double circled coming into this season, but I'm also going to throw Kalen Addison in there because I know he's a little diminutive forward. He's a little bit of a mini man, but he is a power play specialist. And I think if he can settle in and get that top power play unit, which, you know, that might be open for debate in training camps. We'll have our eyes peeled on these line rushes, Steele. (laughs) He is on the rise for me. I think he's underrated. 
and a fader just because I think of how good Philip Gustafson is. And I know a lot of people are saying it's going to be a lot more of a split than we think in the crease. I'm not buying it. I think it's Philip Gustafson's crease. And I think if it wasn't for the track record of uh, Marc-Andre Fleury and the contract, we'd be already saying this is a 70-30% split. Yeah. So I'm fading Marc-Andre Fleury in the draft heavy. I don't even think he's a draftable goalie. He might be one of those waiver wire targets, though, should one of my backups go down. Or even worse, Gustafson goes down because obviously then they're going with Fleury. And we'll have to wait for my take on Minnesota Wild. The top yes, we three will. teams, three, two, and one in the Central Division, our early, early predictions coming up next. But thank you so much for making the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast your first listen every single day. Remember, hammer that subscribe, hammer the follow button, five-star review on your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate all that love and support you show us every single day. And again, once September hits, we're back to five episodes a week. Uh, and again, just keep tuning in, keep your heads out on Twitter for those polls for the listener league that Flip and I are running this uh, second season for the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. Number three on my list, Flip. Mm. And it's sort of a 2B2A situation because I have them tied here in points uh, oh. just because I couldn't really decide. But I'll start with the Dallas Stars. I have the Dallas Stars finishing with 100 points. Uh, again, the top three team in the Central Division. There's not much that has to be said about this team. They're led by Jason Robertson, one of the best, youngest uh, forwards in the game right now. Joe Pavelski just ages like fine wine. My guy over <laughs> always there. Always got to get my shots in. I always, Pavelski. I got to throw Joe Pavelski That's in right. there every single day. Every How single old is he? We no, I'm kidding. He, he'll, he'll be 45 years old uh, <laughs> yeah, next, at least. next week. No, no, no. He'll, be 30, he'll be 39. He'll be 39. But Rupe Hintz has really come along. Jamie Benn had a great season. They bring in Matt Duchesne. What's a, you know, another mm-hmm. full year of Mason Marchman and Tyler mm-hmm. Sagan on the same line. Mm-hmm. Wyatt Johnston is going to be my riser for yes. the Dallas Stars. For sure. He looks great in the playoffs. He brings a lot of energy in that second line center position. And again, mm-hmm. uh, you can't go wrong with what's going on the on the blue line. Miro Heiskin and Essa Lindell, Yanni Hockenbaugh, even Nils Lundqvist. The only thing that is, the only player that's a liability uh, is Ryan Suter. I, I don't know why he's the you know the first uh, defensive pairing with Miro Heiskin in. He's a liability on the blue line, liability offensively. Uh, he's just up there in age. So that's going to be my fade as well as, again, my riser is Wyatt Johnston. This is getting interesting, my friend. And also, do you want me to spit out my third prediction? Or did we already go to break? I can't even remember if we went to break yet. Yeah, we went to break. We went to break. Okay. We're already back from break. Okay, baby, because it's getting a little hot in here, Steele. And let me just throw out the Winnipeg Jets in the third spot and let me explain. Connor Hellebuck is still one of the best goalies in the league, and he's in a contract year. And if he does want out of Winnipeg, he's going to play his little heart out for at least a good chunk of this season. And yeah, this might be a little bit of a bold angle to take, but I actually think what I mentioned before about the changing of the guard here, them moving out Pierre-Luc Dubois, they let go of Blake Wheeler, I think that's where the real problems lied in this dressing room. And I love that they've brought in some guys that just go out there and get it done. And you know, this future is about to run through my boy Cole Perfetti. And I actually disagree with the take about what you were saying about their top line. I think they're going to want to balance things around a little bit because, of course, Kyle Connor, Shifley, and Ehlers does make sense as their top line. 
Of course, but I think they're going to want to spread out some value and move Kyle Connor down to play on the wing with Velarde and even Ayafalo on the right side and let Perfetti take his spot as what he should be and what he will be as the top left wing and their most promising young piece. And that's just how high I am on Perfetti. And that's how high, how high I am on Connor Hellebuck. And I think he is a motivated goaltender to play really well. And I am banking on a couple of these things that aren't quite tangible. You know, the off ice. I think the locker room is going to be better. But this is going to be interesting, Steele, because they are going to have enough fire, firepower. And I know that they moved out Pierre-Luc Dubois, but they brought in some good young pieces. And I already mentioned Morrissey as my fader. And if you're okay with it, I'll go right into my number two slot, the Colorado Avalanche. 105 points is where I see them at. And I'll explain why I have the Dallas Stars at number one in a second. Colorado Avalanche, 105 points. And my riser, Bowen Byram, I think he is going to have a huge step-out season. You're not liking this, though? No. Colorado Avalanche in second, you don't like? No. No, okay. I don't like that at all. <laughs> you think they should be in first? I do believe they should be in first. Okay, well, second isn't too far off first. I'll, I'll, I'll let have... you finish. I'll let you finish. No, no, it's okay. It's They're in second behind the Dallas Stars by two points in my projection. And the reason why I have the Dallas Stars at number one is because Jake Ottinger is the best goaltender in this division. And I'm banking on him to really step out. And I think he would be my favorite as the Vesna right after Sorokin and Shesterkin. And maybe Vasilevsky. I'm not fading Vasilevsky at all. But I think I would put Ottinger right up there in that mix. And I'm just quite high on Miro Heiskanen's ability this year. Wyatt Johnson's going to step out. I think this Dallas Stars team is one of the most complete in the NHL. And I think they're right there. So why I'm saying number two, it's like you said, two and two A. It's one and one A in this situation because the Colorado Avalanche are one of the betting favorites. They might be the betting favorite for the cup. And you yeah. know that was one of my picks as my betting favorites. But I just think if it goes down toe-to-toe, -to -toe, it goes down the line. I'm going to take Ottinger over Gorgiev, and that's my main reasoning here. And I know my Winnipeg Jets take was a little bit bolder, but I really don't think having Dallas yeah. at one and Colorado at two is nearly as bold. This is just my subjective opinion, and I think if it goes down to the wire, I'm going to roll with the Dallas Stars, and I'm going to let you finish. Bowen Byron was my riser for Colorado. I'm fading Ryan Johansson just because I don't know what's happening with this guy. He's been banged up, and I know yeah. he's a name, and people are going to go, oh, he's on Colorado. Let's draft him. I'm fading him, Steele. Hit me with your take on these two because I have a riser and a follower for the Dallas Stars as well. Yeah, you know, I, I do agree with Jake Ottinger might be the best goalie in this division now, uh, right there with Connor Hellebuck. There's a lot of great goalies in the Central Division. Hellebuck, UC Soros, even Philip Gustafson, Jake Ottinger, of course. I agree with you on that. But with that being said, the Colorado Avalanche probably have the best defensive core in the Central Division mm -hmm. of, of, in front of Alexander Gorgiev. So I'm not going to come at you for sure. your Colorado take. I'm going to come at you for your Winnipeg and I Minnesota knew you. take. Yeah, that's fair. I'm going to come that's at fair. you for that because – uh, you know, I'm not going to take too much to heart here uh, because I am a Minnesota Wild fan, but <laughs> I, have them, locked again, on as, sends. I have them I have them as my 2A here. I have them finishing with 100 points as well, exact same amount of points as the Dallas Stars. That's why it's 2A and 2B. But I think this team is a lot better than, again, I watch this team. A lot of people don't watch the Minnesota Wild. Again, it's on the, the uh, late starting time, uh, game time, but I watch them a lot. I've grown to uh, love them a lot over the over the years, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I think this team continues to get better and better. Better. Joel Eriksson doesn't get enough credit to his name. Fact. Matt Boldy, like you said, is going to have an insane season this I year, so. playing alongside Kaprizov and Zuccarello. Marcus Johansson was 
one of the best ads at the trade deadline, in mm. my opinion, mm. for what he brought mm. for the remainder of the regular season, as well as the, uh, sure. the postseason as well. Sure. Uh, the bottom two group, you know, they lose Ryan Reeves. They bring in Patrick Maroon, Marco Rossi. Hopefully he can do something. A very uh, touted, uh, uh, you know, prospect that we've been waiting for over the last season as well. I really like mm. that third line of Goudreau, Duhame, and Marcus Foligno. I think this uh, this defensive group doesn't get a lot of credit as well, but they mm. do have some young guys in Kalen Kay- Addison and Brock Faber. So that's going to be something to look out for. And then you already said it, you know, having a guy like Marc-Andre Fleury to back you up again, we don't, we're not sure what the starting position is going to be like or you yeah. know, what the split is. But for Philip Gustafson, this is going to mean a lot for him and his career moving forward with the Minnesota Wild. So mm. I love this team. Uh, you know, from top to bottom, obviously there's some things that they can improve on. Uh, one of them being the defensive group, maybe, uh, or the bottom six group. But other and than the that, this, the power play for sure. Power play for sure. But with the team on paper as it is, I think this team brings a lot to that central division. I believe they're still a top three team in that central division. Hmm. And uh, like you said, my riser is going to be Boldy, as well as probably Kalen Addison or Brock Faber. And then yeah. someone to fade on this team is probably uh you know a guy like Marcus Felino or, Fre- or Frederick Goudreau I still think mm-hmm. Ryan Hartman and Matt Zuccarello bring a ton to the table so those are gonna be my two faders and then at number one I have the Colorado Avalanche finishing with 105 points again uh, I I just think they have the best defensive core in this central division uh, and, and when you have Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen on your team, you know, even Valerian Achushkin with everything mm-hmm. that's going on with him uh, in the news, I, I think this team is going to be, again, the best in the central. They bring in Miles Wood. They bring in Ross Colton. They bring yep. in Jonathan Drew, and we've talked a lot about him as well over the last couple of days. Uh, and then, again, the best to me, the best defensive core in the central division. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you you were a big uh, – you were very big on Alexander Gorgiev, so I'm surprised that you're even more big – on, you know, Jake Ottinger is probably the number one guy in the Central right now. So this is what I'm saying. And I have the Dallas Stars at 107 points and the Colorado Avalanche at 105. So yeah. I think we're basically saying the same things here. I just honestly don't think you're giving the Dallas Stars nearly enough respect. Miro Heiskanen steps out this year. And let's not forget that they have the biggest rising star in the game in Jason Robertson, arguably. And now you have also Rupe Hint stepping out, Wyatt Johnson stepping out. They have a balanced attack and with Jake Ottinger. Anyway, where I think I also just wanted to say is your take on Marcus Johansson. If you're pining and hoping that he bangs out, he's a 40 to 50 point guy. Wouldn't be banking on too much from him this season. Great fit after the deadline for sure. A full season. If I'm taking looks at teams, Marcus Johansson isn't ever coming into the conversation about why I think this team might succeed. Although everything else you're saying about, underratedness you watching the team i'm here for it not going to trip you on it we're really very close in all of these and my risers for the dallas stars are why joe wyatt johnson and miro heiskanen like i mentioned and i'm fading jamie ben jamie ben had a very good uh, year last year steel and i think it was one of the reasons why they were so effective were that balanced attack and i'm not saying jamie ben isn't still going to bring value but he's not going to score 30 plus goals and have 75 plus points again i just don't see it is he still valuable in this lineup is he still critical to their success of course but i'm going to say he falls a little bit back to earth and hits like the 55 point mark and i'd be happy drafting him like as like my last player or maybe even as you know my first bench spot and that's one of the reasons why I also have the Dallas Stars at the 2B slot there. Because I think Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan are going to fall back to earth a little bit. I also, again, 
not going to hate on it, but I, I just don't think the defensive group uh, for the Dallas Stars is the best. Wait, or, let's finish know, this off with a side bet because I have to. Minnesota Wild finish behind the Winnipeg Jets. You want to do it for the Spice? That's a that's sure. an easy one for you. Yeah, I'll take them ahead of the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, easy okay. money. Okay, let's throw a 20 on that for fun. Easy money, easy money for me. Uh, okay. We'll get to the Metropolitan early predictions for Friday's episode. Thank you so much for tuning into the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast, making it your first listen every single day. Again, thank you so much for tuning in for today's episode with Flip and I. Have a great day. Good luck with all your summer bets out there. And we shall see you back here again on Friday. Peace.